You're listening to Dear Joseph, the podcast where we answer all your financial questions. This is a pure conversation podcast. Disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say should be considered as financial advice, but purely for entertainment purposes. This week's question comes from both Ben T. and Noam M. They asked a very similar question. Dear Joseph, how can I diversify my portfolio? So I think the prerequisite question to getting to how can I is why should I diversify? So there's something. So so to answer that, we have to understand what is risk. So there are two types of risks that we associate with the market. One is systematic risk, which is the risk of the entire market. You know, can the entire market succeed or not? And there's non-systematic risk, which is uh, or individual risk, which is what risks do individual companies face? Now there are different ways to think about individual company companies' risks. For example, take Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is a company that's very affected by the dollar, meaning even if they even if they beat their sales on every metric internationally, because they have so many products international, if there's a, if there is a bad rate from the dollar to you know whatever countries are uh, they're trading, then they could actually have a lower profit or a lower revenue compared to previous years, meaning their entire earnings is dependent on how the dollar does, which is not such a, which is which is a little counterintuitive. Maybe they could be selling, you know, tons and tons more of of soda or whatever they sell. Um, you know, they sell, have different a lot of different products, but because of the dollar, they would actually lose out or have a worse uh, a worse quarter than the previous thing. Another thing to think about maybe is also interest rates. You know, you think interest rates affects the entire market the same, but it does. Lower interest rates are bad for banks. So a company like Bank of America, which it does have some some non-interest related services, and you know the banks that are outperforming are currently are the ones that are diversifying into non-interest rate based uh, or dependent uh, businesses, but you could see that a bank, which is dependent on interest rates, or a majority of their profits are dependent on interest rates, how they can be negatively affected by interest rates, where other companies, for example, that um, require heavy amounts of debts might benefit from interest rates because you know there's less risk on their end. And so you could see also from uh, from the banking perspective that like you know other banks like J.P. Morgan, for example. Because they realized that interest rates are going to be low, they said, "Well, how do I diversify away from interest rates? You know, how are we not make ourselves, you know, less dependent on this risk?" So they created new outlets like uh, like trading flat platforms to be able to circumvent that. Once you understand that every time you invest, you are now taking upon yourself a risk, you then will say, "Well, what kind of risks is my portfolio?" susceptible to do, meaning if you are invested in an individual stock or a certain stock is taking up a big percentage of your portfolio, then you are making your entire potential uh, portfolio susceptible to that type of risk. Um, so, you know, if, for example, Coca-Cola, you are invested in uh, heavily in Coca-Cola, well, then the exchange rate will be a big factor or health or health food, the health movement, you know, um, um, Coca-Cola even tried to get into uh, the health movement and do things like water, vitamin water, but it flopped. So that was a risk 
uh, Coca-Cola investors took. Now, obviously, Coca-Cola didn't drop, and their their, their prices, you know, still towards you know all-time highs, but definitely the stock price has been hindered in you know the last decade or so. Meaning, risk isn't just the stock will flop; it's that you won't have such a great return on it. And when you're thinking about how your portfolio is, you want to kind of optimize it compared to whatever risk you are comfortable taking. So if you're willing to play the U.S. dollar rate and the health food risk, you know maybe that's the portfolio for you. But I don't think most people, number one, understand what risks they're taking on themselves when they invest in a portfolio. And number two, they don't realize that just because they get excited about a stock doesn't mean... Um, it'll be good for their portfolio. And if they're really planning on saving for a long time, they might actually be losing out in the long run because they could be potentially buying a more optimal portfolio for what they're comfortable with compared to what they're compared to what they're doing now. And when you want to think about what kind of portfolio you're looking for, it doesn't make sense to play around so much. You know, day trading, you know, by Every study, almost ever, you find that people who day trade you know, don't do well. People who don't make optimal portfolios don't do well. In f- and in fact, even people who do have optimal portfolios, there are certain ways to even beat out, um, you know, how, how to, in a given portfolio, um, optimize it. So I'll give an example of a good strategy. Um, you know, I'm not guaranteeing it. I, I don't know how it's going to be in the future, but a good strategy and a strategy where intuitively, one, you know, you look at it one way and, and, and you'd assume something, but really the other way was better. Um, take, for example, there's S&P equal weight, which is the 500 biggest companies um, equally weighted, which, which means every company, you know, it doesn't matter if you're Apple or Microsoft and you're worth almost $2 trillion dollars. Or if you're, you know, you're the smallest company with only a few hundred million, that doesn't matter how big you are, your the amount your stock grows will equally impact the entire portfolio. Whereas, take for example, um, S and P, weighted by market cap, which means the larger the company, the larger effect on the entire portfolio. Um, uh, so a company like uh, like Microsoft, like Apple has a much greater effect on the entire portfolio. And you see that in recent days, um, you know, in the corona market environment, you know, you constantly hear, you know, the market has at new highs. So what does that mean? So usually people are referring to S&P weighted by market cap. And you'll, if you take a look at some of the data, you'll see that, you know, the top 10, the top uh, 15 or so, Stocks are really, or largest companies are really uh, uniquely built to be able to survive because either they have to do with shipping or, you know, like Amazon or, you know, they, they have to do with media or, you know, uh, things we use every day like phones and like iPhones or whatever, Apple. So those companies are uniquely built to be able to weather and thrive in these environments or Microsoft, you know, software. But for companies that aren't weathered, you'll note that a majority have only recovered or are near recovery or a little above previous highs, meaning they didn't blow away the entire, uh, the entire, uh, you know, their, their market highs. And some even underperformed or went under. And there are new 
companies which took its place. Meaning, the in recent days, you it looks like that only a few companies were worth investing in. But if you invested in equal weight, you'd actually underperform. But if you look over time, you'll notice that over long periods of time, even when there are companies that are uniquely susceptible to thriving in any environment or in specific environments, have actually underperformed compared to S&P equal weight, meaning the diversity of the S&P equal weight actually ended up being a good thing. And the reason is because readjusting your portfolio to a good to your risk level actually pays off and we've and it's been found in uh, there, there's a lot of data on readjusting risk uh, readjusting portfolios and it's and they found that if you actually readjust your portfolio you can make you can make an average somewhere like two percent annually or per year this, this is definitely true if you look in the last 20 years for s p equal weight versus market cap now i'm not i'm not necessarily saying to go into either one or, you know, that's going to be true with your portfolio. But if you're comfortable with a certain level of risk, then it makes the most sense to weight your portfolio by that given risk and not just invest randomly. When you invest randomly, like most people I know, you know, I know someone, you know, I have some friends who tell me, I invested in this, you know, Lockheed Martin and then I sold it, you know, and then I went into Microsoft. And then after I profited from Microsoft, you know, I went into Apple and then Apple just shot up recently. So I decided, you know, now it's time to cash out and, you know, go into Amazon. And sometimes they make money, sometimes they don't. But their portfolios are not created in a way which makes any sense. They're, you know, they're subsepting themselves to some risk as opposed to other. Um, I don't think they intelligently know what kind of risk they're looking for or what kind of risk they're comfortably. And in the long run, they're going to lose, even if they got lucky. You know, how many times can you, uh, you know, pick a winning investment? These statistics are not. Uh, are not on their side. And if you're planning on saving money and creating a optimal portfolio, you should you should find a risk, you should find a type of portfolio which makes the most sense to you. I'll share with you know a little bit about mine as kind of understanding, you know, obviously I'm not recommending this to copy it, you know, it, it could do horribly, it could do okay, it could do amazing, you never know. But um, I'm saying I, 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 for my portfolio, I try to readjust it, and I, I try to keep it at optimal levels to compare it to where I'm, to where I, uh, to what I'm looking for. So I try to diversify completely. So I have a big portion of my portfolio in equal weight ETFs, you know, um, and then I have there are a group of a few industries or companies which I don't want to be diversified in because I want I think they're going to outperform, but I want to be safe. I don't want to accept total. Um, you know, I, I don't want them to totally dominate my portfolio, so I invest in you know segmented indexes, which I think will outperform, or indexes which are weighted heavily into companies that I like. And then I have something which I call my you know emotional health fund, where the idea is that you know I'll look at certain uh, companies and be like, I can't believe I didn't invest in that. If I would have invested in it, you know 20 years ago, I'd be the richest, you know, I'd be a millionaire. So so that I don't feel bad about missing these opportunities. Like two percent of my portfolio is like play money. It, it, it's close to gambling, but I, I still try to optimize it to my to risk. But I'll, but I'll invest in those companies where um you know I think that you know they'll do amazing and you know if you stay invested in them for like you know forty years it'll be the next Apple or whatever you know 
um, I, I, I think just for um, just just so I don't feel bad later. So I'm willing to say, you know, what, a small portion of my portfolio will be, and I think I know how to pick stocks, and I think I think I'll be able to do well. But the key is I also readjust that regularly. Where if I make a lot of money from that portfolio, I'll actually take the profits and put it towards the rest of my portfolio because I want to keep it at two percent. Because I believe that well that my you know my two percent where you know I'm really trying to to do well, I think the readjustment is actually going to make more sense than to actually keep it in those companies forever. Meaning, uh, you know, let's say you know a company grows you know from a hundred to two hundred dollars a share from uh, from $100 a share to $200 a share. So then I'll sell half a share. In many platforms, it's very easy to sell, sell half shares. And you know, and every time it grows, I'll sell it, and then I'll put that towards wherever in my portfolio it, the portfolio is not weighted correctly. And I try to keep my portfolio at specific weights so that you know I, I accept the kind of risk I'm looking for, um, and I keep it at that level of risk. Now, I, to, to do it that meticulously, I don't know if it's necessarily so doable or people are really going to care in it. But I think it makes sense that when you're designing a portfolio and you're designing the way that you're going to invest, it should be, it should make sense. It shouldn't be just, you know, th- you know, throwing darts at a newspaper and hoping it sticks or, you know, just guessing companies. Even if you do well, you're going to underperform just because you don't know how to properly weight your portfolio. What I th- what I think, what I'm an advocate of, and I think makes the most sense, is to find some type of portfolio that you're comfortable with, whether it's S&P, whether it's Nasdaq, whether it's some other type of, uh, you know, large index. You know, diversify your portfolio properly, and then if there are certain places where you think uh, might outperform, you know. Don't necessarily go into any individual company or any groups of companies. You know, try to find an index that will be heavily weighted based off of based off of that risk you're willing to take. Meaning, if for example it's microchips, so invest in an ETF. You know, a semiconductor ETFs. You know, there are a bunch of good ones. Invest in you know industrial stocks or whatever. In, invest in a group of companies that makes sense, as opposed to just going you know wherever you feel. And then, you know, but to keep that side of you that, you know, thinks that you're going to perform if you actually know what you're doing, which most people don't. And, I'll, you know, I, I don't think I, I really like know how to play the stocks better than anyone else. If you really need it just for yourself, keep a small portion of your portfolio, but do not. But, but if you're really planning on saving long term, do not make that a major percentage of your portfolio. And even if it grows, keep it in check so that your other portfolio can be optimized. And that way, in the end, in you know, 20, 30, 40 years, however long your horizon for investments are, you can actually make uh, you know, the most amount of money you can. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like and subscribe and make sure to follow us on Twitter.